0: So coffee is, um, is something special uh, around here. It's kind of been our um, theme for a long time to uh, have coffee with friends. And um, for me, it's nostalgia. And so today in the diner, I have someone who knows a little bit more about coffee than I do. And uh, we'll see if this uh, non-coffee drinker will be converted. Uh, how you doing, Rich?
1: Doing pretty good. So you're you're a non coffee
0: drinker, huh? Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, everyone in my family drinks it except for me. Even my teenage daughter.
1: Do you at least do like the milkshake drinks, or? Yeah. 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 What what is it that uh you don't like about coffee typically? Like, what is it too bitter or too acidic or?
0: Well, um, I think where I'm from and the quality of coffee has always been burnt coffee, probably. (laughs) And so like, I've never had a, a decent, you know, cup of coffee in my life, to be honest. It's kind of like wine. Oh, okay. When I first started drinking wine, I had no idea there was thousands, you know, to choose from. And so it was one of those things where you're like, okay, this bottle looks pretty and then it turned out to be super you know bitter and uh and right. so it just turned me off and you know so I, i've never been one to um to experiment once like i get past like that fifth cup and i'm like oh i don't like this it's like oh okay uh it, maybe it's not for me but I, i'm hey, open five, to
1: five it my i gotta hand it to you <laughs>
0: yeah. well i'm open to it and like it's funny because it's in my DNA. Like everyone I've ever, you know, known in my family has always had a cup of coffee in the morning. It's just, you know, almost like, you know, their morning ritual is always you, you have coffee first and then, you know, you worry about everything else. (laughs) And it's never been that way for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've drank is probably as early as walking, you know, I remember being a kid and even, and, uh, you know, you would have people that always said, oh, it'll sput your growth. And I mean, I'm 35 and six foot four. And in kindergarten, I wore a size seven and men's shoes and I was five foot one. So I've always been a large guy. So, you know, I always kind of laugh like, oh, well, I guess it did the opposite. You know, it made me grow rather than sput my growth. Yeah. Um, I've been in the industry going on 13 years, going on 14. It'll be in August. So it's a little while down the road, but, uh, it'll be here before you know it. And, um, got my start with, uh, some big industry companies. And, um, I just, I was also big in the culinary and so, uh, going into culinary also got me into wines and doing food pairings with wine and, you know, coffee also follows the same kind of parallel lines with sensory. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, which one did I want to make a career, which one did I want to make a hobby and which one, you know, so, um, I can drink coffee all day and not be drunk. So, you know, that was an obvious one for me. So it's also a lot healthier drinking it black without tons of sugar and milk and different things in it. Um, but I was always fascinated by, um, cultural things and learning cultures of um, different origins and things. And, um, just kind of see the history of coffee and how it spread across the world, the different areas. Um mostly equator, uh you know, along the equator there is where you'll see a lot of the your coffee farms. So um for me it was just kind of I always like to dive into stuff like that that I'm not familiar with. Um and just really understand more about the people behind the coffee. Um I I've got some brewed here. It's actually it's a Ethiopian Guji, so it's African coffee. Uh, it's a natural process and A lot of people will typically say, oh, it tastes like fruit punch because it's really fruit forward. Um, But I've always hated those kind of analogies. I like to pull more into it where it's like, you know, like for me, it's more like a red stone fruit because it's not like it's not just cherry. It's not just cranberry or raspberry. You know, it's like it's kind of a mixture of those flavors. Um, And then normally I'll say dark chocolate because when you say chocolate, some people think it's going to taste like a Hershey's bar. Yeah. And you're actually talking about like cocoa. So when you go to um store and you see like the baking chocolate, it's like eighty percent chocolate or cocoa, um, or ninety or you know, whatever, it's more on that line of chocolate, not so much milky and sweet. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but that's just um my own quirk that I've seen in the industry and sometimes I'll turn my head like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like it gives people the wrong perspective, you know, and, you know, if I tell you something tastes like a grilled cheese sandwich, when you go to bite into it, that's what you're focused on. Mm -hmm. And if it tastes like something completely different, even if you like it, you're going to be turned off because you were so focused on that premise that it was going to taste like a grilled cheese, you know? Um, And, you know, our palates are very different. So I try to be as close when I do my descriptions on the coffee itself from a, you know, earth tone perspective on sensory what are what does it really taste like? Not, Oh, it's fruity, you know, yeah. that could mean anything, yeah. you know, citrus or, you know, it could mean a lot of different variations. Um, and so like when we do cuppings, um, it's almost like a ritual, you know, everyone's in line. Nobody says anything until everyone gets through the line, tries all the coffees. And when you're going through each one, you'll write down little notes about each one, you know, different characteristics that you see um, or you're tasting. And then afterwards, you can kind of discuss with the group for that same reason to where you're not um, giving a biased opinion and someone's looking for what you're saying. They find their own unique um, flavor um, because, like I said, palates are different. So something that tastes one way to me may taste totally different to you. You know, so I try to just have the most plain, straight to the point, um, descriptions when I
0: do uh, coffee. Yeah, it's it's always been interesting, like, you know, I keep comparing it to wine, but I mean, anything, um, I watched uh, a video the other day of water, uh, sommeliers, never knew that mm-hmm. was a thing, always thought, oh yeah, waters have different tastes, but not like, it, it's like this one's a little more, like you can tell it came through a metal pipe, and then this one tastes, you know, a little more pure didn't know that there was a whole lot of layers to the (laughs) just water. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's, like the same thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's even like different filtered and then you have like alkaline water, different mineral waters. And yeah, I mean, in the interesting thing too, is like you could take, you know, a bottle of water and drink it and then you can pour it into a glass cup and get two different variations, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Um. and sometimes I even kind of believe where when people say they don't like things, whether it's like a food or a certain dish or drink, a lot of the times it's because it's how it was presented to them, which may have not been presented well. So mm-hmm. if it was presented not cooked well or made well, you're not going to have the experience that someone down the road who loves that thing is like, hey, this is great. You know, you're like, ew. So I think it's – I always tell people to try things at least three different ways before they really – define if they like it or not, because it may have just been that person's presentation to you.
0: Yeah, there's something definitely to that. Um, I was watching um, a study done with like McDonald's and their Coke and why it tastes completely different than any other um, fast food restaurant. And we all, you know, they knew that Coke had like multi-millions of dollars invested in McDonald's. Um, and you know, all that, but, um, it's because of the, the way they ship it, um, because it, it goes in aluminum, you know, like in aluminum cases or whatever, and it keeps Mm -hmm. that fresh taste. So when you get it and you drink it, it tastes a lot fresher than anywhere else. And Taco Bell is that way with their Pepsi products.
3: Right.
0: And so like, like you said, you know, just the way that something's presented can, completely change the taste and um i think that's funny you know um you don't you don't think there's that much to just liquids but right. uh, there really is um i i think that um coffee has been also like a negative for me because i was always scared because i hear people all the time saying like I'm cranky without my coffee or you know I can't start my day I'm just you know kind of sluggish until I get my coffee and I didn't want to be dependent on it and so I think that came from feels, trying it <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I definitely um I'm better with my coffee I would say <laughs> um yeah I've been drinking so many years so and then professionally you know you have to uh to keep consistency of your roast and your coffee you have to like cup every single roaster running every day so um i think right now like i've actually cut back having starting my own business it's a smaller operation so i'm not having to cup and when i say cup i'm talking about it like a spoonful with a cupping spoon so not actual like full mugs but you know sometimes in the industry you're cupping 50 to 100 cups in a day and i would drink that plus my normal coffee intake which is depending on the day, it could be anywhere from four to 12 cups or, you know, mugs. So, wow. Um, wow. you know, if I'm working all day on something, especially if I'm working like in an office setting or here in the facility, I'll drink it all day long, like it's water and not think anything of it. But I also, much like alcohol and going to party, you won't get a hangover from drinking so much coffee, but you'll get really run down and dehydrated. So, like alcohol, it's like for every mug you have, you should have a cup of water as well in the back of the-
0: Yeah. So kind of um, run us through, like, um, how you just, like, started your company, and where you got the name and all that.
1: Okay. So um, I started here uh, just out, or in Knoxville, actually, with um, a company called Curry Green Mountain. So, yeah, everyone knows the K-Cup company um i was there for about eight and a half years and i moved out to california um i worked briefly with a little startup company um called cuju coffee and they had a really interesting concept where they took kind of like what looks like a tea filter with like little arms on it that sat on a coffee mug and you could it had coffee grounds in it and you just uh did like a pour over solid coffee into your mug and so um, the guys were very into outdoors and they didn't like instant coffee. So they created their company to be able to drink a good cup of coffee when they're out camping or out hiking and different things like that. Um, later on, I, um, put in for a job at Pete's, uh, coffee out in California and, um, took a job as a, uh, assistant manager at the roasting process. So working with the roasters and green coffee coming into the facility. Um, And then after about, I guess, about a little over two years, um, I decided that I wanted to come home and kind of do it on my own. Um, Something that I've always kind of been fond to with this was uh, working on the origin and farmer side. Um, A lot of people don't realize how many hands and what goes into that cup of coffee they drink every morning. And, you know, how many different uh, ways of life and cultures and even, um, you know, uh, on a financial level, even very poor. You know, a lot of these, a lot of coffee comes from some very poor countries and areas, and so, you know, your terrible country, no electricity, running water, your stuff that you normally would never think about here because we always had it for the most part. So, um there's a lot of organizations out there that work with these farms and build things like water filtration systems and housing and different things, and not really like a Habitat for Humanity style thing. I mean, a lot of the times it's like a mud hut. But for that area, I mean, that's the quality of housing that they can have and afford. You know, so for me, I wanted to kind of build more. Um, I wanted to build a company that worked with Origins and helped them have a better quality of life. So, um, obviously, being new, don't have tons of financial backing to do so. So, um, I wanted to do it kind of in my vision and my passion. So that way it was very authentic and genuine. So, um, you know, if you look at things like Goodwill, their CEO has got mansions all over the place and tons of money. I don't want to be that guy. I would rather take that money and put it where it could actually help people, you know? So, yeah, exactly.
0: I know um, exactly how you feel.
1: Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of charities out there, say they're charities, but it's like, am I actually helping someone or am I lining someone's pocket? You know? So for me, it's very transparent. Uh, with the importers that I use, um, I'll work with farms very well and also do fair trade and things and make sure that the farmer um, gets a, usually about 20% on top of what they're offering their coffee for just to give back to them and make sure that they get a fair price for their crop. And so that's kind of my way is the coffee that I'm using. I'm able to do that even at a small scale. You might pay a little bit more for a bag, but it's going to those direct uh, origins. Um, And then, so the reason I came up with memoirs is the coffee that's in the bag is the memoir from origin to consumer. So uh, it's interesting. I tell people it's not about me. It's not about coffee. It's kind of bridging two communities that would never know or see each other and helping each other. Um, I've been working with a lot of local organizations and charitable organizations as well um to try and help them you know i want to help both sides local and um, origin um so you know the i believe we're stronger in numbers so the more that you're able to collaborate with and build a community with the stronger you can help them yeah. so you
2: know,
1: it's 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 selfless in my way in my you know mission but i don't it's not about me like i said so i just want to help people i've always kind of been that way um before coffee i was a emt And so I've always just kind of had that big heart for people and doing what I can to help. Um, When I got out of uh, being an EMS, I just took a temp job and ended up being at um, Curry Green Mountain. And then that just kind of started everything from there. Yeah. So uh, just kind of grown from that.
0: That's such a cool story. Like um, it's funny how when we, you know, kind of get a passion about something. How we can use anything to help people. Um, I, I I always, you know, when you're younger, you you're like, oh, what can I do? You know, like set so right. to help. Because I feel like a lot of people start out in life wanting to help people when they're younger, and as we get older, it seems more and more impossible. You know what I mean? Like, especially if yeah. your, life doesn't turn out quite the way you thought it would, where you're not like the CEO of some company or you know, you're, you you do not have like a whole bunch of money in the bank to just throw it to everybody that walks by and, you know, like help cure cancer or anything. Um, but we can use like our platform, even if it's tiny, like to help, even if it's just the people around us, It's it's kind of a neat, you know, like a neat thing. And I've never thought about that until like we started this. Um, I always thought, you know, oh, well we'll have a podcast. We'll just talk to people because I'm interested in people's stories I've always been, um, like my grandpa always told the best ones, and, um, like, he's the one person that I wish I could have on because all his stories died with him. So we started doing this to kind of, like, log, you know, people's stories and all that, um, all that they kind of been through. And so um, it turned out to be that plus more. You know, we kind of are a community now, and with every person that we have on the show, I feel like if we – succeed together we all succeed you know kind of thing
1: yeah yeah so that was kind of the cool thing on the west coast was you know from california to oregon to washington you know you have hundreds of coffee roasters big and small through that area and uh you know it's a large community as a whole there's not really like a competition vibe it's like we're all trying we all have the same mission trying to accomplish similar things and you know, if history has taught us anything. We can do a lot more with numbers. So you know, multiple groups versus just by ourselves. So um Knoxville has some pretty open. I've been talking to other roasters and kind of explaining what I'm doing. And then you also kind of have your corporate companies that are kind of like don't want nothing. The you know, this is I'm all about the money. And you know, for me, it's just life was never about money. It was just you know, obviously we have to survive, right? And you know. Um, you have a house payment or rent payment or whatever those things are, car payment. Um, but, you know, I would never had a dream of wanting to have like a mansion and Ferraris and this stuff. So like that stuff never really interested me. Um, I used to like to spend a lot of my time. Um, I haven't been able to do it as of lately, just with my busy schedule here. But um, I used to like, uh, there was a place on Wednesdays at the missions in uh, downtown Knoxville. And, um, I believe it was called lost sheep with the organization and I would go down there and volunteer and it was, um, it was a homeless uh, shelter where, um, we would bring like, you know, needs. So like every week they would get like a toothbrush, toothpaste, I think like a roll of toilet paper, um, a razor for shaving, uh, shampoo and like just your basics, um, necessities, you know, for surviving and, you know, soap and whatnot. So, you know, I might've not had money to give, but you know, you get to meet these people and hear their walks of life and it'll break it down every time to think, you know, like you'll have people crying, you know, in your arms. And it's just like, you know, something as simple as a hug and just a nice gesture just really means the world to these people. Um, You know, rather than, you know, a lot of these people you see them on the street and, you know, people kick dirt in their face or, you know, mumble something, you know, rude. And it's like, look, you know, we're all human. We all have our ups and downs, you know. Um, you know, I look at it something like this. Like, I went from a major position at a major company and I, I walked away. Like, there was no reason, you know, like, I was doing great. I was probably, I would say, at the top of my career when I walked away and decided to do this. And, you know, there was a lot of days where I sat there and thought to myself, what did I do? You know what I mean? I had the comfort. I had the good life. I had a good job. Like, am I crazy for doing this or, you know, and it's just, I feel that you kind of have to follow your heart, you know, and there's a lot of things on this journey. I mean, that I've been through that I can't explain to where, um, my girlfriend and I will, will it things that, um, I planted, you know, seeds, let's say five months ago are starting to grow fruit now and they pop all at once. You know, and so we would say, oh, it's Magic Monday or oh, it's Magic Tuesday. Like these things would just, you know, evolve out of nowhere. That's like something out of a movie or something, you know, um, even if it's just something like a connection or a resource to help uh, the local community or help, you know, us with the coffee stuff going on. So it's it's really cool. I believe coffee's always been a, uh, you know, magical being in the sense that it brings people together and. I believe kind of all things are wrapped around the cup of coffee as far as that goes, you know, whether it's, um, you know, working with people on a farm or working with people in your local community, or even, you know, at a coffee shop, you sit down with a complete stranger who, you know, for all, you know, could just be down on their luck or having a bad day. And something simple is just like a kind conversation just changes everything about them. You know, um, I know when the pandemic started, the suicide rate went up, I think it was something like four hundred percent, and you know that really kind of hit me, and I was just like you know there's there's so much out there, and there's so many beautiful people and there's so many reasons to live, and I feel real like it kind of gets me low sometimes when I think that someone feels like they're better off dead, you know so i i myself just typically if I see people. I can kind of read energy and feel energy. And I think a lot of people can, if they're in tune with it, to look for it. And, you know, something as simple as opening a door for someone to walk in somewhere in a public place, or, you know, I I kind of liked how they were starting that kind of pay it forward thing in a lot of places, you know, because that person might've been buying their kid, you know, let's say a breakfast sandwich, and she maybe was a mom or dad that had $5 to their name until they got paid, but they wanted to make sure their kid was fed and someone bought that for them. So now they are able to take that five bucks, put that towards something else they need, you know? So, um, not to go too far off, you know, subject or anything, but yeah, it kind of feel, um, you know, I can kind of bring those things to light with coffee. Um, and so that's kind of my mission there.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, foods and drinks are special. I mean, we have to have them to survive, but they mean so much more than that. Um, Like you were talking about, we constantly see, you know, the homeless and stuff out. And um, especially during the cold, a warm cup of coffee, you know what I mean, can be life changing. Oh, yeah. And it's incredible. But like like you said, um, during the pandemic, the first time I'd ever heard of such a thing was people were having pay it forward anxiety because Mm. it would come to them and like the first 15 cars in front of them had paid it you know back yeah. <laughs> and they were like oh i don't want to break the chain but i've only got 15 bucks on me um yeah but that's a good problem i think like i think i think that circumstantial
1: it can be okay you know what i mean not if yeah. you know if you got it give it if you don't you know people understand you know i don't yeah. i don't think someone's gonna be like you're the one that effed it up you know yeah. like <laughs> You know, people do that just out of the kindness of their heart. They, they don't do it with thought, you know, or with a thought of thinking something in return.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never done that. Um, I've always been really curious, like when I would pay, I'd pay the gas attendant and say, Hey, um, the next person that comes through just put this $20 towards their gas. I've always been curious, like who got it and like what their situation was or what their day was like before and after, um, but you know, I'll never know. And it, it felt amazing. I think. But.
1: I think in a weird way, it's almost like it's not our business. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's kind of like you put the energy out there, yeah. And you know, whether the person needed it or not, it still helped them. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So it's like you're still putting the good out there. So, um, you know, if you if you did it and a guy showed up with a Maserati behind you, yeah. He
0: probably still appreciated. Oh, just yeah, as much definitely.
1: As someone that showed up, and you know, so
0: I'm sure Bill Gates uh, um, probably feels, you know, grateful every time somebody picks up his meal or whatever when he's at a restaurant, even though you know he, he can afford to buy the restaurant that he's sitting in. Um, it's just one of those right. things I it, it you always just hope and pray that like even if that person didn't need the money, that it just made their day a little bit better. I feel like, um, there's too much thought put into um like i I hear people say well the reason they don't give and i'm not talking about just financially like even just time uh time is so precious and um what people don't realize is you know finances come and go i mean all of us have probably had our poor times and you know times when we're doing better but you know we all have the same like you know time in a day and we're allotted twenty four hours. Some of us don't make it that far, but um it, it's to me that's way more rare and valuable and so um people don't realize that, you know, just giving a little bit of time. We we took the the kids to the laundromat and put just like a like two dollars worth of quarters on each still and wrapped it in a bow and said, um, you know, we wanted just to see you smile today. That's all we put. We didn't put a phone number. We didn't put our business card, whatever. Um, and, you know, we saw it circulating on fo- Facebook. Um, this lady was like, I don't know who did it, but you made me date. We didn't need that. But just to know that, hey, it actually, you know, it worked. It didn't. somebody didn't just throw it in the, you know, floorboard or whatever happened. But it was really nice right. to see that, you know, we were actually making some bit of a difference. Um, even though at the time that was all we could do but my kids um they surprise you children i think they do um they can be super selfish but at the same time they can be super giving uh this lady mm. that lives next to us she is in her 90s and they um worry about her on like when the weather gets bad and you yeah. know to me that just like makes my heart sing to know that they're thinking about oh, yeah. people other than themselves but yeah, coffee, you know, going back to, like, my intro, my grandparents, um, every time I smell it, I just, like, their house early, like, 5 o'clock in the mornings when they got up and started watching uh, watching TV, um, they would watch the news. And then um, after that, after his second cup of coffee, my grandpa would, you know, go to the bathroom for 45 minutes but uh <laughs> that was his I know routine the <laughs> yeah. that's the, that's, that's the uh, coffee effect <laughs> yeah but I've had more conversations with him that I'll remember forever over a cup of coffee than probably any other time you know mm-hmm. it's just special I, I and it's like I know that not everybody has those memories but I feel like when you think of a diner like what's one thing you can think of besides food is you know the smell of coffee right yeah so i mean it permeates so like,
1: um that's like you know i remember it w- It would took me to get to my 30s before i ever went to a waffle house sober you know so i like <laughs> you're young 20 you're partying all night yeah. like everyone went to the waffle house to sober up you know get let's pump us full of grease and something fried and yeah. a little bit of sugar yeah. and we'll we'll sober back up and walk home you know so um but you know like i don't i'm not like a snob where i have to have you know, this 100% crazy coffee all the time. Like I can go to a waffle house or like a diner setting place. And they usually have what I, and I I call this, it's like a level of coffee is diner coffee. There's, it's just Mm -hmm. like, it all tastes has like a particular taste to it profile wise. And it's just like, it's nothing to write home about. It's, it's not disgusting, but you're just like, this is just coffee. Like, this is what I needed, you know?
0: Um, I have a funny story sometime. about that, actually, um, not to interrupt ahead. you. I just, um, oh, you're fine. Th- there's this, um, I have this friend, she's a waitress. Um, she used to waitress here in town, and now she lives in a different state. But um, there was this little old man, I guess, uh, I can't remember if he was a uh, World War II veteran, but he was a veteran. And um, when he would ask for coffee, he would say, and burn it because you know and she he she is he had said that every day for like years and um she didn't need you know think anything of it she was like oh yeah that's you know whatever his name was and then um she said that she he was sitting with his his um son one day and so she she said hey you know why why do you tell us to burn your coffee and he said well when he was overseas um they would cook it on the fire and it always tastes burnt no matter what you you know did and he said and because he had that for that whole time he was over there for years he didn't like it any other way it it, you know that that wasn't coffee to him anymore it was that burnt taste
1: so similar to that i was a you know younger years was like in the punk rock bands i was a drummer and hardcore bands and stuff like that and I I had a few friends that, you know, had addiction issues, but they never wanted to go to a meeting alone, you know. So I was usually, I was just always the friend that was like, hey, man, I'll go with you, you know, whatever. And, you know, they, especially if it was like an Alcoholics Anonymous or something like, you know, those guys would always say, man, the coffee is the greatest. And I used to always wonder, like, you know, it's just coffee. It's probably been sitting there since 6 o'clock this morning, and here it is seven o'clock at night. And so it has that nice kind of like burnt, caramelized flavoring to it. And I think a lot of the times what it is, depending on what people drank, it kind of had the bitterness of an alcohol taste that was familiar to them, but it wasn't getting them drunk. You know, it was waking them up. So it's like they switched from, you know, something that was killing them to something that was um, actually good for them. Maybe not so much with it being 14 hours past <laughs> brewed, but, yeah. um, you know, it was something that was familiar with them that they kind of looked at it, Well, this is more positive than what I was doing, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, in, in some diners you go to, the coffee's probably been sitting there a while, depending on how <laughs> busy that day was, you know? Been so reheated three you kind of get this, yeah. So I'll go to a waffle house sometimes and you'll get that flavor and you go, Oh, it's kind of a weird nostalgia when I went with a buddy as support, you know, to help him through his stuff. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely, I would say nostalgia. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people growing up would wake up to that smell of their parents brewing coffee and in the kitchen there in the house in the morning. And that scent just kind of travels through the house, you know? Um, so I would say it takes you to another time, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Cause, um, I, I can't, I don't have personally any other, drinks that do that i mean i have some candies and stuff that i'm i have attachments to because of family members but yeah coffee was kind of universal like when we go camping i remember i hated coffee because i had a pallet on the table like the table would fold down to, to a bed and um right. my parents would have to kind of no matter how quiet they were wake me up to make the coffee in the morning because the coffee was underneath me And so, uh, you know, five o'clock it, like you just got done swimming for eight hours the day before you're tired, you're exhausted. And you know, your parents are like, Hey, can you roll over? I need some coffee. So it was not like, yeah, it was frowned upon for a long time because those memories. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to have, um, have like a, a, like a, another chance at some coffee that was, is better. I think better quality. Yeah. I, I, I've watched so many of my friends as we get older have kind of um, found their little niche of, you know, the kind they like. And I'm just like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I I don't even know where to begin.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, with that, like, especially like a lot of the hipster uh, smaller shops you have popping up, they really go light, So it's usually like really high acidity and also really high caffeine because So the lighter the roast, the more caffeine in it. The darker the roast, actually less caffeine in it. Um, And then even decaf has 10% caffeine in it. Um, And so, you know, I usually ask people when they're new to specialty coffee, what they normally drink or what they normally like about the coffee they do drink. And then, you know, I kind of have a mental Rolodex and think of um, what coffee I have or offer or even just coffee in general that they should try that would kind of be in that direction to give them some kind of familiarity but also kind of open them up to something different.
0: Yeah. Um, I think um so it's, I tend you know, to lean towards when we go, you know, to um when I do frequent coffee shops with my daughter cuz she's 14 so she's just now kind of finding what she likes. Um, a lot of it is what she sees her favorite TikToker or, um, YouTuber drinking. And so, uh, she'll, we'll be in the store and she'll be like, Oh, I've got to grab, you know, this brand of creamer and all this stuff. And, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, have you tried taste it? Oh no, but so-and-so loves it. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, she likes super sweet stuff. And yeah, you know, I, I'm a bigger dude, but I don't really like sweets, um, right? Like that much. Um, I tend like diet Coke is what I drink the most. So um, it's really hard because my palate is really weird because I don't drink a lot. I don't. but I, I tend to lean more towards like the chocolatey stuff when I do. Okay. Yeah, like my favorite ice cream is actually cappuccino chunky chocolate, which is weird because not being a big coffee fan, you know, that's really like, I got a kind of coffee weighing to it.
1: Right. Yeah. And like, for me, like, I'm also like, I so I'm not a huge sweets person, but when I do have like a sweet tooth, I want things that are really rich. Yeah. So like you'll, you know, like if you get like uh like one of my favorite cakes is a tuxedo cake. And so it has like, um, uh, white chocolate and chocolate ganache. and It's kind of like a layered thing. But it's very, very, you know, rich. So it's like one or two bites and you're done. You know, like you're like, all right, that that was enough to like hold me over for a while.
2: Yeah, yeah. um,
1: Where some people will have a bag of like Hershey's chocolates and they'll go through the whole bag. Like I
0: can't, you know, so. Yeah, my my uh two younger kids do that and it drives me insane. They'll eat like yesterday they got um or the day before they got Valentine's um candy from my grand or from their grandparents, my mom. And uh it was like Heath bars and um three musketeers, Snickers, like and I mean it was like probably about a foot high the bag and I guarantee you before right. the night was over, half that sucker was gone. And I, I just oh, yeah. can't understand how they're not, you know, like run into the bathroom throwing up after that. That's just crazy. It's so much sugar.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was always a savory and fried guy, which isn't good either. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And I'm a northerner that likes the fried food, so it's funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. But. Yeah, I ate a chicken fried steak for um, dinner, and I'm supposed to be, like, I, we, we've been doing really good on our diet, and – uh we got that tax money back, so we were celebrating with like, going out to eat, and um, I we're not used to gorging ourselves because we've been eating healthier. <laughs> so I ate right. just the fries, the sweet potato fries, and was completely full. I only got one bite of my steak. I mean, you
1: have to you have to you know splurge once in a while. I mean, that's kind of part of it. Um, but usually when you've been eating health foods and healthy and kind of been living a healthier life, the funny part about that is when you're eating something that you're thinking, man, I really want this like greasy, cheesy cheeseburger or whatever. As you're eating it, you can actually like feel it go down in your body and you're like, you know, I'm going to feel like crap tomorrow. <laughs> like, and you're like, why do what? why did I want this? You know, it's almost like you can't enjoy the splurge because you're like, the entire time you're doing it you're like why am i why am i doing this to myself and why did i think i wanted it you know
0: yeah i'm at an interesting age where i still remember what it's like to be in my early 20s to where i could eat whatever i wanted my stomach felt like you know like it was just a lead like lead plated and now yeah if i eat something weird like two hours before you know six o'clock, I mean, seven o'clock, I, I can't sleep. I, I feel sick and my blood pressure is high. It's so, it's frustrating because, you know, it's at that age where you're just now learning about yourself and all the stuff that used to be, oh, no big deal, is terrible now.
1: So I've always been into really spicy food and spicy peppers. And um, when I first moved back to Tennessee, I actually had, I think it was like 120 plants. 40 varieties from the hottest you can get to all the way down to just regular jalapenos. And I was going to do like a hot sauce company just for fun. I used to, um, when I worked at peach, a lot of like, we all loved hot sauces and we would try to bring different ones in. And so one year I made like uh mango habanero and peach, uh, sauce and everyone loved it. So I came home and thought, Oh, maybe I'll do that, you know, before the coffee thing. And, um, Something I did, what was interesting was I did one and my dad came up with it and, you know, he grabbed a cup of coffee and he put, um, like a tiny teaspoon of, uh, cayenne pepper in it. And so he started around and gave it to me and he said, here, try this and tell me what you think. And so you taste the coffee up for it. Uh, doesn't taste weird. And you got like a nice little, like spice zing at the back of your tongue at the end. It was kind of cool. And, you know, so we always nicknamed it, uh, angry Joe is what he would call it. You know, he's like, here's your cup of Joe. And it's a little bit angry, you know, but it, it actually was kind of warming. Like I thought to myself, I was like, this would be a great coffee on a winter day when it's nice and cold yeah. because it's that coffee flavor. And then it's a nice little warmth at the end, you know, it wasn't going to kill you or nothing. But so my friends here, when I came back home, it's always been the joke, like rich, like I can go anywhere, whether it's a gas station, um, a Mediterranean restaurant or, you know, anywhere. And I'll find, somehow I end up with hot wings, (laughs) Like, (laughs) like places you would never imagine had hot wings. Somehow I end up with them. And so, you know, Nashville is famous for the hot chicken. Um, so we did a birthday trip for my last birthday and went out there and, I got the hottest that they had at a uh, princess chicken, which is one of the famous, I think it was like the original national hot chicken. Um, and so of course I get the hottest one there and I'm fine. Uh, everyone else got mild and like 15 minutes later, they're running to the bathroom and like, it's like, they just couldn't get it. They're like, there's no way he's not going to like explode. You know, like at some point your stomach's going to turn or whatever. Yeah. And no, nah, mm-hmm. I was fine but the time limit was eight hours. (laughs) And unfortunately eight hours later, I'm on the highway going back to Knoxville. And I think we stopped uh, a buddy of mine and I stopped at like three different exits only within like a mile or two from each other. You know, so it was like, all right, you guys finally got me. I won't do it again. (laughs) You know, it was like, but if I do, I got eight hours before I need to be home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. My dad and me used to enjoy like buying each other hot sauces and trying them out, but not anymore. He, I think, after he got his gallbladder removed and then he had some kind of, um, I don't, I don't know what it, what it was. He had some, something with his liver like, uh, happened real bad and he got some kind of weird reaction. And ever since then, he's been super like more sensitive to heat. And, uh, so it's been. Mm been like you know i don't get him hot sauces for christmas anymore but yeah i uh, was talking we we were in the like the the local um famous mexican restaurant here in town and i was just talking about hot sauce um with my with my family and this guy walks over he's like hey you like hot sauces i'm like yeah yeah uh you know i like them because it was kind of, you know, weird, because I didn't see him come up, and he just, like, tapped me on the shoulder. I thought it was somebody I knew, and didn't know him from Adam. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, well, I, like, I'm a chilly head, and I, he goes, I, I'm on all these groups, I'll add you on Facebook, and, uh, he goes, well, uh, where are you parked at? I'm like, you know, out front, and I'm like, this is kind of getting a little weird, but it's cool, because he, was, right. he looked not, like, he, he was nice, so, I wasn't really sweating it and he's like well after y'all eat you know he's like uh if we're still here just you know i'll swing by your car and i i'll I'll give you some um hot sauce and i was like okay you know like a bottle this dude pulls out a um like five by five grate of hot sauces and puts them in the car and i gave them to friends family you know random people i saw like (laughs) years later uh Cause I still will find a random bottle that I didn't know is in, you know, the cabinet in the back or something, but yeah, it was crazy. That stuff, it went, it was like real mild, almost like a, some of it was like a, um, like a pecani sauce. And then some of it was like a ghost pepper level. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah. my son is used to eating the pecani sauce and, so he put, you know, puts like a big dab on his chip and then will eat it. Well, he grabbed the wrong bottle once and he got that ghost pepper sauce, and he put like, you know, quarter size dollop on, throws it back, and he just sits there and he's just crying but not moving. And I was like, I don't know if I need to call the doctor. Like, what do I need to do? My, you know, like he's trying to be tough, right? Yeah. Like, try to like. At, at, cause he was like five. And so I'm like, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know he grabbed the bottle, but it was too late. And then that same bottle, uh, it was three o'clock in the morning. I wake up in the middle of night. I'm starving. I forgot to eat lunch. Um, cause I was working really at that time. So I go and I watch YouTube and of course, you know, there's food ads and stuff. And they're like, Oh yeah. The blazing hot Buffalo pizza. I'm like, well, I've got some chicken left over and I've got stuff to make pizza. And I have that half a bottle of hot sauce that Brennan didn't, you know, finish off. So I'm going to grab it and I'm going to infuse this pizza. So it looks easy enough on the ad. And so I get this turkey baster and I put it up to the pizza. Well, I didn't quite get it, uh, you know, all the way in. And I squeezed that thing and it shot in my eyes. Oh, no. Yeah, so at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm trying to be quiet, and I'm, like, silently screaming, trying, and I'm blind, and I'm trying to find the bathroom, and I just jump in the shower with my clothes on and sitting there with, you know, soaking my eyes for 30 minutes. So, yeah, Hot Sauce and me have an interesting past.
1: My worst experience was, uh, you know, I've always grown, and even – before I moved to California, I had a nice house out in the woods and lived out there on my own. And, um, I was growing, I think habaneros or something at the time. And I was cleaning them. I had, you know, harvested and was cleaning them. And I scrubbed my hands probably four or five times. And, um, I learned something about hot peppers. I wasn't, didn't really know at the time. And so I go and use the restroom and then go to wash my hands, not thinking again. And then, next thing I know, I'm on fire. Yeah. And so I was doing anything I could to get rid of the heat, and it nothing I had worked. I I even poured milk on myself, and I was like, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know. Like, and so I called my father, and I'm like, Listen, I have this situation, and he's he's laughing once he realizes what I've done. And he goes, you need to get Dawn dish soap because it breaks through the oils from the pepper. Oh yeah! And so I, I was using—I forget what it was. It was like Dial or something. I had it was something was a different kind of dish soap that didn't have a, a degreaser in it. So I just remember I jumped in my car while I'm on the phone with him, ran down to the gas station. And I probably paid twelve dollars for a small hand bottle of Dawn dish soap. I paid for it and ran straight to the public restroom and tried to fix everything and i walk out of there and i'm you know taking sweat off like. Turns in the light he's like looking at me all weird I, I, I looked at her i said you, you don't even want to know but i'm better now and she goes oh well that's great and i walk out the door get in the car and my dad's like all right how'd you make <laughs> <laughs> this day he'll bring it up every once in a while when he thinks about it he's like remember that I- time?
0: that's funny um you'll never forget that feeling it's so funny
1: oh no (laughs) so now when i harvest them i usually wear gloves like latex gloves yeah
0: Yeah, my friend anthony in high school i hope you don't get mad at me for telling this but uh i don't know if you've ever used theragesic or had theragesic used on you on your muscles but um it's like intense and the more layers you put the more it burns well yeah he he uh he had it put on his thigh um, because, you know, he had he was having um, muscle cramps and so I guess at some point he, you know just sat his hand on his leg well, he goes to the bathroom and my friend bumps me and is like hey, watch, this is going to be funny he totally forgot about that there I bet you, and then you just hear this high-pitched scream coming from the bathroom (laughs) where he had touched himself (laughs) 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 yeah so yeah i still I have done I, I still it with icy hot before uh, oh, well, yeah i've I, done it with icy hot, before. Oh my God,
1: icy yeah, hot yeah. For like yeah
0: yeah i've actually gotten in the shower and you know it says on the back of the bottle not to like add water or whatever um or getting like not don't take baths and stuff well yeah I've, i know why because it runs everything runs downwards
1: yep yep <laughs> Yeah, I never understood. Anytime you see a body wash that says cooling, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, menthol?
1: No, I'm all right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, I... If I'm sick, I'll put some menthol, you know, some mint, uh, peppermint oil on my chest or my sinuses, but that's it, you know? <laughs> but, but I never understood. I'm like, why would you want body wash that would do that to your whole body, you know? like. Yeah. No. Now, now I will say this. I I've had coffee scrub soaps that they do. And they will definitely wake you wide awake. Um, a few that I've had where it's like coffee grounds inside the soup, and that'll definitely, uh, boost your, uh, awakeness
0: up real quick. Yeah. So
1: I'd rather be awake than on fire. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, you were talking about what you were drinking now, but what, what, I don't know if you mentioned this, but what other flavors do you have on your line?
1: So right now, um, so I have different ones on my farmer's markets than I do online. Um, Right now online, I have a, um, the first one I was drinking is actually a, one I do at the market, it's an Ethiopian Guji Natural. Um, But online I have one, it's uh, Ethiopian uh, Longberry Harar. And uh, it's got like kind of blueberry dark chocolate and and, uh, kind of like clove kind of notes. And the clove kind of hits the tip of your tongue towards the end. And it's almost like those little black cigars that, like, the hipster kids used to smoke that smelled like a ham, yeah. you know? And uh, it kind of has that kind of, like, a fade to it, which isn't bad. Like, it's actually, like, it's different in coffee, you know? Um, I've got a uh, Guatemalan coffee from Way Hue, Hue Tenango. It's a washed coffee. And um, it's kind of chocolatey and nutty. And I don't mean like a Snickers bar when I say that. So I kind of think like dark cocoa chocolate and nutty, I think kind of like walnuts that kind of like not bitter, but the kind of like nutty walnut flavor. And then it has like a citrus finish. almost like what you get out of like those, um, little baby sweet tart, um, oranges, like the cuties or halos, they call them in certain places.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I have a Brazil that's really nice. It's a really good uh, representation of Brazil coffee. Um, and It's also a natural. And then I also have a coffee from Mexico that's a honey processed coffee. Um, And then I also have a really unique Sumatra coffee that's a natural. And so a lot of coffee from Sumatra a lot of the times is usually the wash, wet, hold, um, aged. And so when I found this natural, it's – Sumatra coffee is usually very earthy. Um, sometimes it'll kind of taste like a cross between like bamboo or like a wet log that's been drugged through the mud. And I know that sounds really like gross. Why would you drink that? You know, but like it, it's it's like the best way I can really describe with that, like a earthiness, you know. Um, but this one in particular is a natural. So it has like a um, almost like a maple syrup and like uh, grapefruit kind of citrus fruit flavor to it, but it still has like that spicy earthiness to it. So it's really, it's just a unique coffee by itself. So I kind of have a little bit of everything as far as the each, um, coffee, you know, different areas you can get coffee around the world. Um, and then I'll usually, I'm looking at coffees to replace those coffees because I like to kind of keep it interesting But I usually am drawn to farms and coffees where the people in the coffee are unique. And especially if they're doing something where they, they, you know, they need help. They're selling coffee to, Hey, we need a school or we need a house or we need, you know, to build better equipment for our farming, yeah. you know, because uh, the yeah. sustainability in those countries is very hard. So, um, those are kind of things I kind of focus after and try to do my part where I can to help.
0: So which one of those would you suggest for, me, for someone who's trying to get into coffee?
1: Um, I would probably go for the Guatemalan coffee. Um, you just kind of said that you like, like the talk of stuff. And, um, it just, I think that like the nutty chocolate with a little bit of fruit, not crazy fruit, um, it's a really good balanced coffee in that, in that way. And it's really smooth. Um, and I think it would be something when you think of coffee you're familiar with, like, you know, a certain parts of the flavors, yeah. but I think you would enjoy it at the same time.
0: I will definitely order a bag. Um, what, um, which way do you, pre- like, or would you suggest prepare it? Like, I know there's several different devices that we can buy, like pour mm-hmm. over or.
1: Right. So if it's just for me, um, do a V6. I actually have one right here behind me. Um, a uh, little uh, V60 dripper, just a cone. Um, Some of them will come with a little craft that they can sit on. Um, Or you can just
3: sit it right on top of your mug. Um, I don't have one in that box. I just got a box of them
1: for different things I'm doing. Um, But pretty much you put a filter in that cone. You put your ground coffee in there. And then you take a kettle and pour it in. Uh, So what you're wanting to do is to keep the grounds wet and moving. You never want them to sit. And so that way you're getting an even extraction from the coffee beans as it's going into the cup. Um, So if you're doing just, you know, you just want one cup. Don't want to, you know, make a whole pot of coffee like on a regular house strip brewer. Um, Or they have one that's a chem mix. And I I can grab one of those real quick.
3: So it kind of looks like a, uh, almost like a flower base. Um, so you put your
1: filter here, before you your grounds in, it's the same idea. Um, and then your V60, I just grabbed one, so I brew it like for this, put it on top, pour your water in, start from the middle and work your way to the outer side, and then I go back so that way your grounds never really feed the wall. Um, the main important thing is you want a flat bed. So when your grounds are in there, you want to tap it to make sure all the grounds are evenly flat. So you get even distribution as you're going around.
0: That one looks um, a lot there's easier a it, it is. too.
1: It is. And, you know, you'll get buildup. Like, I need to wash this one. You'll get, like, a little bit of, like, film. And so there's a couple different ways that you can buy the solution or tablets. Um, the cheap, easy way is, honestly, just white lightning vinegar. 50-50 water ratio okay. um, I usually do the water really hot so like boiling hot with the um, with the vinegar in it and then just let it soak and then you just go in there with a scrubber or a rag and it comes right off
0: Okay. yeah that um,
1: I... everyone's different some people look at that almost like a cast iron like oh that's just kind of like the flavor saver you know yeah. for seasoning their brewer but you know, everyone's different there's also, you know, on YouTube, there's a million different um, people on there that give brewing tips and techniques and different things. They use the different ratios.
0: Yeah, I was kind of fascinated by, like, the AeroPress, um, seeing that one. like you Got one of those. Yeah, the travel, uh, like, being able to travel with that seemed like it would be pretty easy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was told to um, – if. Let's see like I think it was the French press they said t- it's easy, but kind of stay away from it if you don't like grounds, kind of floating
1: if yeah, I mean if you it depending on the screen when you plunge it, um, you can get grounds in there, but uh, I'll actually grab one more item that's actually new um, so. Um, I've been talking with a company called Airscapes, and they make um, vacuum containers that hold the oxygen out in the container to keep your beans fresh. So uh, roasted coffee's biggest enemy is oxygen. So that's why most of our, like, our beans come whole bean unless someone requests that they would like them browned a certain way, Um, just because if you grind them, now there's more real estate being touched by oxygen. So oxygen can make the coffee go stale. Um, I don't drink it fast enough so let it goes, st- or I do drink it fast enough so it doesn't go stale. But, um, there's, they gave me a new product that one of their, I believe they're kind of like a, another company under the same family. And it's this new thing and it's called a, um, it's called a flash, uh, French press by a company called Ethos. And so it's almost like if you took an, an arrow press and a french press and turn it into one and so like you oh, put wow. your grounds in here and you actually plunge it down and as you're plunging it it's a two it's two separate glasses so there's a screen at the bottom of the tube in the middle just like a Aeropress has and then it actually puts the coffee on the outside inside the uh vase there um, and what's cool about it that's what i like it's kind of like a They took the pros and cons of an AeroPress and a French press and fixed them. Because when you're pressing down on a French press, if even though you have it plunged down, that water is still hot. So it's over-extracting the beans and they can actually become sour. And so with this, there's a chamber at the bottom that actually locks the beans from the water. So after it's been extracted, you're not going to get that bitterness from... Uh, the coffee, it's going to stay fresh being on the outer side of it after it's been plunged.
0: How much does so one
1: have I think this one, I want to say is like 120. Um, it is on the higher side. I mean, you can get an AeroPress, for right? I think like 28 to 34 bucks, give or take where you get it from. Um, coffee is one of those things. You can spend 10 bucks. You can spend 20,000 bucks, you know, so It just really depends what you're just trying to accomplish or get. Some people go crazy into it. Some people just want a regular cup of coffee. You know, you don't need all the frills and gadgets. Um, I have a full lab in here, so, but it's for business. But if it was just me for fun, it's one of those, like, I would dream to have such a thing, but I wouldn't justify it, you know. So um, for me, doing uh, teachings and classes and um, working with clients, it makes it easier to um sell the coffee when you have the equipment they would be using in their shop you know so you can give them demonstrations and things
0: yeah it's a lot of fun to watch on yeah. uh, tiktok and instagram or you know
1: yeah and we have a tiktok i've been trying to get better about it um my girlfriend's actually awesome at all the media stuff so i i don't shout out enough about it but all all of our um all of our social media content whether video or even just like our Instagram and Facebook posts, like all the good photos were her. (laughs) Um, And and I'm just like, I'm one of those people, like it's, like I said, like I've always kind of wanted to be on the backside behind the curtains. You know, I don't, I don't like to have my face up front. And I kind of, I'm kind of learning the balance of need and why and how to do it in a way that still comes off as how I, you know, being authentic and genuine as I am. Um, So it's definitely been a learning experience for me, but I've learned quite a bit. And um, even doing things like this, like these podcasts, um, I did another one with a buddy of mine named Rob Peary on YouTube, like back in October, I think. Um, And I would say then to now I was really nervous then. So I felt like I was very like closed off in a sense, you know, because I was just new. Yeah, I know, you know, like that kind of like age fright feeling, but then like now that I'm out in the public so often and working with people and talking about coffee with, you know, complete strangers all the time. So I think that's helped kind of like get the stage fright side away and just be yourself, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's always what I tell people when they ask me, like, um, when they used to talk to us on our lives and ask questions like, well, how, how do I get over, you know, that, talking to myself in a room with just my camera, that weirdness and It's like, just do it until it becomes not weird. Normal. Yeah. yeah. It, you, you have to and, and uh, the thing, do it. Just, it's like a muscle. It, I, mean.
1: I think, I think humility is also beautiful because it shows people that like, you're not just have this ego or this or that, like you're a real person. And so like, you don't have this like newscast vibe. You actually, Hey, this is, you know, Rich Stone, and this is who he is, and this is what he's into. And I can really feed off his heart of what he's letting out. You know, you can actually have that connection. You know, even through a video, it's like, you know, it's like when you watch a movie, let's say like that movie Click with Adam Sandler, and like there's, there with Adam Sandler in a lot of his movies, there's some comedy, there's some drama, but there's always like that message and that like gut-wrenching feeling somewhere in the movie that just grabs at you and you can tell like, you know, I know this is a movie and it's acting, but he wrote that. So you know that he's got that kind of compassion and love in him, you know, as a person. Um, so I think that, you know, if you're nervous, you're scared, even if you laugh, you cry, you you know, anything on uh, video, like it just shows who you are as a person. And I think people gravitate towards that because they know it's real.
2: Yeah. And I
1: think everybody, yeah it's easy to quick and judge somebody, but I think everybody has that. Like if it was me, I I feel for them because I would also be nervous or scared or, um, you know, just million different emotions going through. So it's, it's definitely easier in this way where you and I are talking to one another and see one another. But I definitely, even now my girlfriend or someone will go, Oh, you're live. Blah, blah, say something, you know? And you're like, "Uh, like you just, You draw a blank, you know, you're like, it's kind of like Wayne's World when they're like, Hi, we're in Delaware. Delaware, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, Oh, crap, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But uh, for me, the biggest thing is when people go live and don't tell me and just ask me a question or say something, and I just answer them like I naturally would, you realize the camera's on, but you don't really think about it because you have something on your mind that you're speaking about or something like that. So it kind of makes it a little bit easier rather than someone's like, all right, you're lying. Say something. And then you're like, I didn't have to prepare anything, you yeah. know? So it's like, be more, be more authentic and just roll the camera, ask a question and go from there. And then you won't think about it.
0: I tried when I first started, I actually talked about this the other day on one of our episodes. I used to write out the first, you know, like probably five minutes of my conversation with someone and I could hear how still it was. So I knew other people could, um, there's something, even though I like tried to memorize it, it wasn't just, you know, sitting there reading it word for word. It just didn't sound right. Um, so now I just have bullet points, you know, I have some information about the person that way. If I do draw a blank, I can look and be like, okay, you know, this is their name or this is, you know, whatever. So, so, There's not like an awkward silence, but, um, cause you know, I do like to have that like a safety net, but the crutch just, it felt like that. It was just a crutch, you know?
1: Right. And, and whatever you put in your head of how you're going to do it, it's never going to go that way. But I think it at least gives you like that, um, mental stability to think, Oh, well, you know, I've got this guide, you know? Um, but normally, you forget about the guide because you just kinda go with how the things feel, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, and people elaborate on things. Um, you know, one thing that you're like, Oh, I'll just ask this, this question and then we'll move to the next thing. If you get too caught up in like what comes after, like you'll get lost because, you know, you may start talking about something completely different that's not on my notes and then if you can't, you know, just have a conversation without having a script it's it, it can be difficult um but also yeah. people will talk about one topic and then there's like half you know one to two pages of stuff that just you know i didn't even get to ask so yeah i've learned after i think we're almost to 60 episodes after 60 episodes i finally learned you know kind of at least how i like to do it not that it's better yeah. <laughs> but i at least you know i enjoy right. doing it this way No, but better. you
1: get your own group.
0: yeah yeah,
1: you get a groove going. Um,
0: so we have some listener questions that uh, I would like to get to okay. um, if, you have, if you have time. I've got plenty of time, yeah. Okay. Um, so how do you come up with your flavors, or how do you come up with new flavors of coffee, and what is your process?
1: So uh, for me with specialty coffee, I don't add any syrups or any flavors to the coffee, um, so the flavors that you're getting when I roast a coffee is directly from the bean. So um, typically when I get a new coffee that I'm not familiar with, um, I have a little sample roaster. Um, it almost looks like an Xbox. It's called the Icaiwa uh, Pro V3 uh, roaster. And um, it actually has an app and I can actually see the roasting curves and profiles. And I'll usually roast the coffee light, medium, and dark, and then I'll cup them, and I usually see which uh, roast profile um, really complements that coffee's um, uniqueness and the flavors in the bean itself. And so um, for me, I try to find things that I'm unfamiliar with because I kind of feel like when you go in territory you're not comfortable with, that's kind of helped you evolve and helps you grow. Um, even if you buy a coffee and you roast it three ways and you hate each way, I mean, and that's a personal preference thing, but you still know how the coffee should taste, you know? So, um, I don't write medium, darker, um, light on my bags. And I'm usually in the medium to light and medium to dark and not too dark. Um, usually right at about full city, um, on the dark side. So, Uh, the reason behind that was during the pandemic, there was this massive flow of um, coffee enthusiasts that like developed overnight and all these people just diving into specialty coffee. And there became a thing where it was like, if it's anything darker than a light roast coffee, it was bad coffee. And I really hated that kind of small mindness that became the world there for a while. And so I was like, you know, there's good coffees in all profiles and all aspects. So I put the notes on there, of what it, you know, the flavor notes that come out of the cup. I don't directly put anything if it's dark, medium or light, but normally if you're a coffee person in the specialty world, you're sort of familiar with those coffee types. So you kind of get like a mental thought of what you're going to taste. And then you kind of balance that off of what you're reading um, on the coffee. And then, I'd like to give the story of the farm itself and about the culture of the people on the website for each coffee, and, you know, cause I like to bring, like I said, origin, the consumer together, you know, and a thing that they may never know, you know, or never see.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and when people hear those stories they are really, you know, blown away by the different things that are out there. They don't realize how um, intricate and unique all of the different coffees are out there, um, whether processes or different origins and things of that nature. So I wouldn't say I really like get flavors, but it's unless it's more in the roasting side, you know, you're roasting those flavors out.
0: Okay. I don't know if that was.
3: too much. Sure.
0: Oh yeah, no. Uh, the next question, um, is from David and he said, how has COVID affected you and your business?
1: So. Interesting enough, um, when I left my job uh, in California and came home, COVID wasn't really a thing yet. You know, it wasn't really a pandemic and this and that. So so it was at the very, very beginning of uh, 2020. And so when I came home, about a week later, everything shut down. That's when, you know, everyone panicked, shut everything down. And um, I was actually in Florida consulting for a coffee company. And I was still just trying to feel out if it was really what I wanted to do and how to go about it. So I did some consulting work, and um, I kind of panicked a little bit because obviously I just left my career. You know, I had a great job, great life, and I've just walked away from that. And now the world just stopped. You know, so I kind of panicked for a little bit there. You know, and I, I saved quite a bit of money to get started. So that, you know, also helped. I wasn't, you know, frantic scrambling. Um, but I think in a good way, the, the, in a good, unique way that COVID really helped is, um, I think it brought people closer to what was important. And so like coffee home sales, like people were drinking coffee because they were working from home versus their office. Um, so coffee sales definitely went up. Um I didn't launch until this uh, past September. So for the first year or so, it was just kind of planning and building um, where I was going to go and what I was going to do. And so I was consulting in between um, just to help, you know, other uh, established companies stay afloat in different ways to evolve. Because I think in every aspect of life, everyone had to evolve some kind of way in this kind of new world of, uh, you know, pandemic life. So. Um. I would say I learned a lot and I learned how to be still and be calm, which is definitely as an entrepreneur now is definitely a weird thing to say. Um, luckily, I have a good partner in my life that reminds me like, Hey, one day a week, the world doesn't exist. We just go and do our own thing, go for a hike, go for a walk, go out for a nice dinner or something. And, you know, turn your phone off, everything. Just It's just our time breathe for a minute and then you know midnight the next day turn it back on go back to the world you know and i think i'm really um grateful for those moments i actually had one of those days yesterday
3: and uh you know as an entrepreneur it's it's a different
1: way of life because you make your income so you know you don't have a nine to five clock in and guaranteed pay so you always have this kind of hustle and what do i need to do to keep things momentum going and um, you know, and when you're one guy in a company, there's so many, you're wearing everybody's hat for yourself, you know, we in a company you have people that do specific things in different channels. So, um, I think you kind of learn a different mental strength and balance in yourself than what you can handle. And you learn a good balance of that of up and down. So I would say COVID kind of transformed and helped me evolve into who I needed to be in this new society and way of life with people. Um but I I truly really like just the uh one on one in person feel of being an owner of something that I'm passionate about and able to actually give that to the public and they can see that and feel it, you know, what you're into. And I think that's um people gravitate towards that when they see that you're genuine.
0: Yeah. I I totally yeah. agree. So um kind of <laughs> There's um there's something to be said about like the way that it hit and it forced everyone to to kind of like go introspective. I noticed uh, a lot of people are getting into stuff that they normally wouldn't have allowed themselves to because they were too busy. So a lot of really yeah. creative projects have happened that I think probably never would have came to light had it not been for someone being stuck in their house. And, you know, like I know a lot of good music has come out, um, thanks to COVID and a lot of good art projects. And um, there's been a lot of people that picked up paint for the first time or picked up, you know, um, like, you know, just picked up drinking coffee. Like I know there's a lot of things that that people have done and um, it's like us, we would have never started this project had we have not gotten laid off because we were bored. You know, I I'd worked every day since college um, and it was the first time I didn't have anything to do. So, When uh, a mutual friend was like, Hey, we should do a podcast. I was like, all right, tell me when and where to be, (laughs) you know? And it was kind of, it would have never happened that way. I would have been like talking about it. And so yeah, one day, but yeah, with no excuses. I think, I think people learn how to slow down and realign. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and you definitely get perspective on what's actually important. You know, it's like, yeah, I've got to pay my rent payment or mortgage payment or things like that but you know what? I got a wife, I got a kid, I got, you know, I have a family or, you know, or even if you're not, you know, you're just alone. Like who, who is this person? You know, what am I actually really into? I've been chasing money for someone else just to straight by, but who am I exactly in general? You know, I think a lot of people kind of learned a lot about themselves and how they handle things and how to adapt and, you know, find things. They They realize things about themselves. They would have never realized had they, I had the opportunity to explore new things
0: yeah a lot of people have found out new ways to make money too <laughs> that have never been discovered so yeah you know doordash and all this stuff really took off um because of the pandemic the right place right time kind of thing yeah so the next question is uh have you ever met a childhood hero
1: um yes <laughs> Um, I, I got
3: to work with one actually. Um, uh, so
1: at Pete's, uh, you, Alfred Pete was who started Pete's and then his prodigy's name was Jim Reynolds and Jim Reynolds is still alive and does a lot of beautiful things for the coffee industry still. And he was kind of like the forefather, one of the forefathers for bringing specialty coffee to the United States and has done, done a lot for, um, coffee all around the world uh, and making sure farmers get their fair trade, uh, fair price for uh, coffee and things like that. And uh, even to this day is, uh you know, still traveling the world and doing these things. So um, it was, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a childhood hero, but I would say it's a hero in the industry and actually pushed me into what I'm doing now. Um, so I, I think your heroes probably change over time a little bit, you know, as you grow older, because your interests change, your, you know, focuses change.
2: Um,
1: And uh, what was really cool was I did a um, article in a company called uh, Daily Coffee News. Um, It's the online news for, I believe, Roast Magazine, which is one of the biggest specialty coffee platform outlets, you know, out there in the world. And I mentioned him and he actually wrote me an email and said, Hey, I remember working with you. I wish you all the best luck in what you're doing. Um, You know, it reminded him of when he started at the very beginning with Alfred. So like that was a really humbling and kind of like unique feeling to, it's kind of like, you know, someone you looked up to that has done this has kind of gave you that blessing that, Hey, you know, keep, keep your nose to the grindstone, keep
3: focused and keep on pushing, you know? So that's really cool.
0: yeah Yeah. all right this next question (laughs) cracks me up um so aubrey wants to know have you ever encountered bigfoot um do you have any stories of the skunk ape
1: (laughs) uh well you know i've always loved watching like the discovery channel where they have all the like paranormal um, you know, shows and they have I think they have like a Bigfoot one in it. The one that they have, it always kind of reminds me of like a Blair Witch Project reality show, you know. It's you never see it. It's always like, you know, a male or female in the camera, like, oh my God, you hear that? You see these lights? You know? But you know, I have lived uh in the you know, close to the Redwoods and out in the uh, California. Um there's a little town called Felton that's a beautiful it's one of my favorite places I've ever um had the opportunity to spend a lot of time in. And you know, of course, they also have the Bigfoot signs and things like that. And you know, now I'm here in Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains, and uh, you know, you have Bigfoot. Uh, you know, said to be out here. You have all. You have the uh, some kind of Smoky Mountain creature that happens to live out here. Apparently, you know. So, and then Virginia, you have the Mothman, which isn't too far. It's about an eight-hour drive from where we're at, where they have uh, the Mothman in the town actually has this massive statue of what he looks like with these bright red eyes and stuff, you know, um, I want to, I can't think of it. I want to say it's pleasant Ridge, Virginia, but I, I could be wrong or Point pleasant maybe. Um, but no, I've never seen them myself. <laughs> um, there are times when I'm walking out of the facility, it's dark and, uh, I have solar lighting on the outside just to save on electricity and just need a little light to get from the facility to my car. So, Um, there is a tree line like 100-200 feet from where the building is and right now with it being winter time all the leaves are gone so sometimes you'll see something big kind of running you know it's probably a deer or a coyote or a bear or something you know but you know in the dark when you close that door and there's barely any light and you're yeah you kind of panic a little bit you know Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I've never seen them directly no
0: (laughs) (laughs) I remember growing up, we were at a friend's house, and um, it was me, I think there was three of us, me and my two buddies, and we were we were walking from this one giant tree out in the middle of a field, and then there was a tree line, you know, far on the other side, and then his house was way back through like a cornfield, um, and so we're walking, and I didn't know anything about mountain lions, because, you know, they weren't supposed to be here, and so we heard right. what sounded like a woman's scream. And we had just been talking about the Panther lady. Um, cause that was like the local legend or whatever, um, about her stealing kids for dinner. And so we hear the scream. Well, I take off running and my friend pushes the other friend down and we're running through the cornfields and I'm seeing them, you know, like they're keeping up with me. And then all of a sudden, I don't see one of my friends anymore as we're running through, and uh, I just knew he had been eaten, you know. So I'm, I'm like crying, (laughs) screaming, running. I we're probably you know twelve, and uh, I get to the door, and I look back, and he's like limping coming out of the cornfield. I'm like, oh no, you know they got one of them, and one of them's hurt. Well, uh, yeah, he was running, and and when the corn had like laid over, it had been you know kind of like a like a tripping hazard. So he had tripped and yeah. fell in the corn and uh, went right under the stalks, couldn't see him. And so, uh, yeah, we had a good laugh afterwards, but in that moment we just knew we were all three dead, <laughs> but you know how your mind wanders yeah, when you're so that, younger.
1: Yeah. So I've never had anything like paranormal like that or, you know, um, legend. Um, I, like, I grew up in South Florida Uh, So, originally from New Jersey, grew up in South Florida, lived in Tennessee for about eight to ten years, moved to California, and then I came back. So, I made like a big T in the United States. Um, uh, My family lives in Tennessee now, so that I just kind of moved home to be closer to my family. Um, And when I was in Florida, I used to have a little uh, fishing john boat, you know, I lived on a freshwater canal. And I had a, um, like a ginormous alligator flip me out of my John boat. I was in the boat and I, all I had was oars, no motor or nothing. So just like a paddle. And, uh, I feel the entire boat lift up out of the water. And the crazy thing about that is a John boat, you're only like five or six inches above the water. You can literally put your hand in there. And I see the whole boat go up and then flip with me in it (laughs) into the water. And I um, felt the claws of a gator on my leg. And I just was kicking and, you know, swimming as hard as I could. And I wasn't far from my house and from the side of the canal. And uh, I remember seeing my neighbor, he was mowing his lawn at the end of the canal and saw it. And he come running. It was like a Baywatch scene. You know, he's ripping his shirt off, just running, his big muscle dude running down you know, the, the, the field, the, come help me, you know, and, uh, ended up, you know, obviously not hurt or anything. I'm still alive to uh, talk about it, but it would be the closest to like one of those crazy weird situations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like years later, yeah. my friend's mom, um, told me that they had seen on, uh, one of somebody's deer cam, um, a mountain lion in the area. And so it wasn't until year like, we told, we told the story about the time the, Banshee almost killed us, and it was a stinking mountain lion that screamed that time. But yeah, like hearing them now on like YouTube and stuff, it definitely was. But that's so funny. Yeah, see out uh, here
1: we we have the uh, the coyotes, and they make that real eerie, high pitched yeah. howl. And so, like, that's kind of the creepy part here.
0: Yeah. Um. So I've got two more. Uh, what's some advice okay. you'd like to give eighteen year old you? <laughs>
1: Uh I thought that's a tough one because there's so many things that I was a wild uh wild musician that was partying w- way harder than I should have been and didn't know any better. So um there there's so much in different areas of life that I would have you know as far as different channels. But I think
3: just in a nutshell
1: feel with your heart and what and do what you feel is in your heart and everything else will unfold for you. I think would be the best way to really say, um, that's something that I had to kind of learn is you always, everyone has that doubt when they do something that's unfamiliar. But when I think it's, I think that's kind of like a life test, whether, you know, you believe in God or the universe or anything, I believe that's life's way of saying do it, you know? So, um, I kind of think of that like Shiloh LaBeouf video where he's like, just do it, you know? And, uh, and so, uh, you know, things like I said, like with this, with, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, scraping by getting bills, this, that, you know, like any other entrepreneur starts out. So, um, yeah, I have experience which has helped a lot with what I'm doing and how I do things, even on a small scale. Mm -hmm. Um, but, the things that have been opening and the doors that have been opening so naturally. Um, I kind of feel like a reward for doing, taking that step of bravery and just going with your heart and what you want to out of life.
0: Yeah. I, I I would tell my 18 year old self just to like breathe. It's all going to be okay. And stop worrying so much. Yeah, There was so many times like, oh, yeah. kind of like you were talking about where I was so worried about, what could happen that I didn't take the chance. And yeah, I mean, I turned out the way I did. And so everything's cool, but um, you know, it's one of those, like what would have happened if I would have wouldn't have hesitated so many times in my life.
1: Yeah. And, and that's that's the, I think you're also tested after you take that leap. Um, I've had quite a few job opportunities pop up while I've been doing this. And I think that's kind of life's way of saying are you going to take the easy way or are you going to do what you feel to know that you need to do? Um, Because, you know, it's easy to take a great job offer that, you know, is financially stable and this and that. But I kind of feel like if you're not doing something in life, whether in, especially in a working way, um, if you're not doing something you're passionate about, you're just, you're just surviving at that rate. You're just surviving. You're working a job that, you know, doesn't inspire you all doesn't, you know, make you feel uplifted. and doesn't fulfill you. So I kind of feel like you need to find a way to fill that. And how can that make you a, let's say a career or um, financial, you know? So, um, you know, for me, I've had a lot of different paths in life. Um, uh, we can go cool. deeper into the story, maybe another episode or something, but I've, I've lived a lot of lives for the age that I am. Um, from music to cooking to coffee to EMS and you know, just different outlets that I've just jumped into, even at one point in landscape for architectural stuff. So, like, um, I'm only, I'm going on 35, I'll be 35 in April, and it's like I feel, when I talk to people, I feel weird because it's like, I feel like I've experienced and done and tried more things than most people do in a lifetime, just at my age alone now. And so I w- my my inspiration to other people is like if it feels nervous if it feels scary you, that's that's a sign telling you to go for it.
0: Yeah, totally. I totally. Agree. Yeah. 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 So Well, um our last question we, we always ask all of our uh listeners and um to to send them in and uh, we appreciate everything they send in but we always ask the same question to finish it off. What's your favorite breakfast food?
1: Breakfast food? Yeah. I really love a um, chicken and waffles. (laughs) But I also love biscuit gravy. So um, there's a place back in California called Southern Kitchen. And they have... And and I know this is going to probably get me a lot of flack from the South. But imagine... Gordon Ramsey version of biscuits and gravy and chicken and waffles. Like almost like a last supper, last meal, like the best of the best that you can have. And I still have dreams about that place. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so, <laughs> so, and, and, you know, I have a chef background and I actually would go there almost week, every weekend on, on my day off and get the plate, not just because I loved it, but I wanted to study it and be able to mimic it and recreate it myself. Yeah. Because I typically, until I started this company and, um, I had a weird track record of only staying places for three years and going somewhere else. Uh, whether it was out of state or different crew, uh, company or just different paths in life. So, um, coffee I've been with the longest, almost 14 years now. But I've also traveled a lot for it and got to experience a lot of things. But, um, you know, I would say that chicken and waffles and biscuits and gravy together um, is kind of my thing. But if I'm going to Waffle House and I haven't eaten all day, and this is a total heart attack, um, dumpster fire of a meal. If you get triple hash browns all the way, including gravy and chili, and add a little bit of hot sauce on top. If you don't, if you survive the night after eating it, you'll wake up with a
2: smile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, uh, I've actually lost about 45 pounds since, uh, I guess, probably December. So I, I don't eat those meals often, and I've gotten a lot better on health. My parents are vegan, and um, my girlfriend and I eat pretty healthy. So we, we only splurge, like you said, like once a, once in a week or once every few weeks, we'll you know go out and have something we really want. Um but you know, unfortunately when you're an entrepreneur you work when you have to and so sometimes you have to until two in the morning and that golden yellow sign's the only thing that's lit up and open, so <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well if you're ever down this way, there's a place called Waffle Champion in uh Norman in Oklahoma City. I don't think they've made it to Norman. I think it's actually in Moore in Oklahoma City. But uh they have some amazing uh chicken and waffles uh it comes in it's like a almost like a wrap um they wrap the waffles around the chicken and it has like a spicy Mm. sweet sauce uh oh nice and and again you know in addition to the syrup so it's definitely different um but i me and the kids always get it every time we go now
1: yeah there's also another thing so for me it just depends where you're at in the world so um, my other ultimate favorite is there's a place called Rocky's cafe in Felton, uh, California. And they do these pancakes and they put blueberries, coconut and bananas in them. And I was never a, really a big pancake person, but their pancakes really changed my life. And you can look them up on Google images and there's people that post about them. Um, it's like the like fluffiest, most elegant and sweet and natural flavored pancake. And they serve it with fresh, hot, warm maple syrup. Wow. And that's just a die for. So I mean, it's like a it's like a sweet overload heaven. Um that's actually pretty good.
0: Uh there's something about breakfast. I mean, like I like other foods, but for some reason if if I can't decide, breakfast is always good. It's comfort
1: food, you know? It's
0: it's something that just it's comforting.
1: But you definitely need a lot of cardio and hiking
0: afterwards yeah Yeah, there's i we when we actually go like if we have to go shopping and we start our day um out i i say we always like stop and get something real cheap on the way up there because if we eat breakfast and we sit down at a restaurant we're gonna be dragging but over lunch yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah but Man, I appreciate you being on so much. Hey, anytime. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Um we we like to uh have like recurring guests uh a couple times a season, so whenever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, just let me know and we'll try to set it up a little bit better next time. So we're <laughs> I'll make sure you got some coffee, hopefully you like it. Maybe a mug or so and you know, um yeah, anytime. Um just reached out and we'll
0: try to make it happen. All right. Yeah. We'll definitely like, we'll probably buy some bags and do a live tasting. We, we used to, uh, every Monday have a diner discussion live and we would always like, we did a thing where we put a ton of ingredients, like random stuff that you normally wouldn't find on pizza in these brown bags numbered them. And then we had the, uh, audience, the people that were watching pick on random number. And then we had to open that bag and put it on our pizza and then um we were sick for like three days but it was worth it but yeah so so one final question
1: for you does pineapple belong on pizza
0: uh well if you asked my old co-host it was yes but i I think heck no um but okay (laughs) but i'm i'm not um i'm not a pineapple guy though so it's kind of like a loaded question because Pineapple is one of those weird things that it makes my, like the inside of my mouth swell up a little bit. Like, no, yeah, yeah. So, like an allergen to you. Yeah. So, I mean, it never had a chance. Uh, what about you?
1: Right. I, I enjoy it, but I also enjoy it when you, so like for me, it's always about flavor profiles and mm-hmm. flavors that blend. Um, so I normally, if I do, I would like a little red onion, a bell pepper, um, uh, even a and then a pickled um, jalapeno. So it's it's a veggie pizza, but it, the flavors blend really well with the sweet, savory, a little bit of spice. You kind of get like a good variety of flavor all in one. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'll try most things once. So
0: yeah, I, I think my favorite all time pizza um, is the backyard barbecue chicken pizza from Pizza Hut. I know that people okay. love or hate Pizza Hut, but um, it. It's I don't know. There's something that they do that like caramelizes they cook it just right to where it like caramelizes the, the barbecue sauce. And mm-hmm. so it's like a sweet crunch. Like and um I I've never had it anywhere else. Like I've tried other barbecue chicken pizzas on other in other places, but they just I don't know, something about the way they cook it.
1: Yeah, and that's, and that's usually got a good blend because you got the onions, chicken, barbecue sauce, and then sometimes I'll add bacon or other things depending on the yeah. who's making it. Yeah. But yeah, usually you have all the sugars in the sauce, so it's caramelizing as it's baking.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's definitely my go-to. Like, if I can't decide or if the kids aren't ordering because they're so picky sometimes, it's weird because they'll all eat pepperoni, but they want to always have the thing that the other ones don't like. And so we end up having, right. like, a, you know, three split pizza, <laughs> like, most of the time. It, or <laughs> or maybe sometimes they're, like, when they charge per topping, it gets expensive. So I'm like, no, we'll just have, you know, pepperoni. But you yeah. can't please yeah. them. And, and I think they do it just to fight, honestly.
1: Or, or to have their own, probably, yeah. you know. If I could show a dominance, I've got my own, you know. <laughs>
0: I wish, I wish they um, had, like, the personal pan pizzas at Pizza Hut that were a little cheaper, um, but they're not yeah. really a lot cheaper. So that route's actually not any more cheaper than, you know, them having their own little thing. But
1: Yeah, see, as a northerner, like, we do our own bagels at home, um, pizza dough. Because, um, like, even in my pizza dough, I like to take, like, fresh basil and oregano and garlic and things and actually grind it up and cut it up. And mix it into the dough So you get those flavors inside the dough As well as you know the flavors you put on your uh, Or toppings you put on your pizza
0: Yeah I think that's one of the things That the pizza places like the chains Have started finally doing Is the different um, You know They'll glaze the outside of their the, in, Yeah in Like different crust flavors, flavors and yeah, stuff. Because for a long time the, the small mom and pop stores Do that around here and you know, mm. pizza, Domino's, uh, they never did it, but I, I'm kind of my kids have been, um, on my butt about getting the new Batman pizza from uh, Little Caesars, and it's yeah. all marketing because <laughs> it's just right. a cow, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, pizza with calzones on the end, I guess.
1: I would say that's the one thing where my company's different is I'm not trying to sell you something to make a sale, it's like. I'm actually trying to accomplish something, you know, in a positive sense.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, now that I'm starving, even though we just ate like an hour and a half ago, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will leave you. But um, thanks again. Like I said, also um, before you go, uh, shout out your socials one more time.
1: Okay, so uh, I have uh, on Instagram we're at memoirs coffee. TikTok is memoirs coffee. And then uh, Facebook is Memoirs Coffee Roasters. Um, And then our website is www.memoirscoffee.com.